0: Hi, my name's Adam, and this is the Foster Adoption Podcast, a resource for people who are interested in growing their family by adopting children from foster care. After the boys' first visit to the house, we were ready to go a million miles per hour. We wanted them to move in and finalize the adoption as fast as humanly possible. That didn't happen. Instead, we were taught one of our many, many, many lessons in patience in this process. The transition period was a unique time that was tough to navigate. How it was described to us going in was that we would meet the boys, take them for an unsupervised visit at a park or restaurant, then have them see our house, and then have an overnight visit, and then a weekend visit, and then If the bonding process was going well and all parties were satisfied, they would move in. Sounds simple. Turns out in our case, that was the bare minimum that would happen. turns out that in the 43 days between our first meeting and them moving in, we saw them on 17 of those days. Each week, we would email the county adoption worker our proposed schedule for seeing the boys that week, and then the adoption worker would call the foster parents and see which days worked and which days didn't. Then the adoption worker would contact us, and then we would negotiate these days through her. It was a logistical nightmare and drove us insane. As we went through and built the rapport with the foster parents, we were finally able to schedule things on our own and just let the adoption workers know what was happening, which worked out much better but it still was just an interesting process. And each time we saw the boys, we fell more and more in love with them. And when we weren't with them, we would just stare at pictures of them, think of how they were doing, and buy things for the house to get more ready for them. The older boy was scheduled to go back to school, and we thought it would be the smoothest transition if he didn't have to go back to school for a little while and then be pulled out to go to a different school. And so we would send these long updates on how well each visit went to all of the social workers involved, and they would all have a vibe along the lines of everything is great, we have already bonded, everything's good, we're ready, the boys are ready, let's move in before he has to go back to school. In retrospect, the system probably worked the way that it was supposed to. We were overly excited and the social workers were overly subdued, they seem to always be playing an expectations game in terms of trying to bring us back down to earth. We would talk about how they already call us daddy and papa and they are affectionate and loving and they use permanent terminology and the social workers would respond and say, well, we will see what happens when they sleep over for the first time. They usually don't sleep well and there will probably be some bedwetting. Matt is very good at shopping and being proactive, so we were prepared. He purchased many sets of uh, bed protectors to put underneath the sheets just in case of an accident. And so we had their sleepover and they slept over for the first time and both slept through the whole night without any problems. Daddy and Papa, on the other hand, were complete messes. I don't think I ever fell asleep that night. I was just listening so intently for any kind of noise or indication that they needed something the whole night. They didn't. They were at peace. So we would report that good news, and then the social workers would say, well, you really start to see their personality come out of the honeymoon phase when they stay a weekend with you. They stayed a weekend with us. It was lovely, all positive, nothing negative, and we, this is just really how each step worked, which was fine. But it, was, it was just emotionally taxing. Each visit required having it to meet everybody's schedule, making sure there wasn't a birth parent visit then driving an hour to pick them up, an hour to bring them home. And a five-year-old and a three-year-old do not necessarily do well in traffic and and sitting there uh, in the car for such a long time. And then we would come home and eat dinner and then play with them and then take them in the drive again. Eventually we'd started asking the social workers what they would need to see in order to give us an idea of when move-in could actually happen. And they said they wanted to have longer visits than a weekend. So we took time off of work to make that happen. There, there was just a lot of maneuvering and it was, it was just so hard to drop them off after every visit and then have them to not be there because they were already our family and our hearts and we just were very eager for it to happen in reality. But we were learned very quickly that there was a lot about this entire process that was simply out of our control. So we tried to challenge feelings of helplessness by focusing on the things that we could control. So we used the transition period to solidify plans with our local elementary school for the older boy and the daycare that we selected for the younger child. These processes were very entertaining. <laughs> I remember before before our placement, Uh, Calling every single daycare in our area um, before we were matched to try and find the right one. And the conversations would basically go like this. Hi, we were interested in your daycare services. Okay, for how many children? Um, I don't know. One or two? Uh, Okay. What ages? I don't know. Somewhere between two and five. Uh, Okay. When would they start? I don't know, sometime in the next year or two, <laughs> and and so on and so forth. So now that we actually had the children and knew that they were going to be moving in soon, we were now able to actually have more productive conversations in figuring how to register for school and daycare, and we needed to identify a doctor and a dentist who would accept the boy's insurance, which was difficult because we didn't have their insurance card or anything, and Basically, everything we did, we didn't have all of the information required, but it was smart and satisfying to try and prepare as much as possible because we knew that when the boys moved in, it would be hard to accomplish some of these things, and we needed to be able to hit the ground running. Now, the most entertaining was preparing for our jobs. For months, I had already worked extra hard in my job to make sure that every single day I could leave the office with explanations on how to finish every project I was working on because we weren't sure if we would get an emergency placement that night and I wouldn't be able to come back for a long time. So once we were matched with the boys, I had an idea of when I would be leaving, uh, but it was still difficult to schedule anything more than two weeks out because I knew I would be on leave. Uh, So my work allowed 12 weeks through the Family Medical Leave Act, but only six of those weeks uh, could receive some kind of portion of pay. So there was a lot of bureaucracy in setting that, in getting that set up, just a lot of steps. And I would say try to find out as much as possible beforehand and have it all set up beforehand because my process fell behind very quickly. Um, Matt's work was a little bit more complicated. He was it clear if they included uh, foster to adopt um, uh, programs in their policies? And uh, so there was a lot of clarity needed on that. And uh, he eventually was able to take a week off uh, for bonding time, which is not nearly enough, but um, but we definitely accepted it. Um, so back to the transition period. There are two aspects that we needed to navigate around that we would definitely spend entire episodes on in the future. But just briefly here, uh, court dates and birth parent visits. So just going to back to background, a little reminder that the goal of foster care is to reunify children with their birth family. But foster adopt parents are brought in as a concurrent plan when it appears that reunification is not going to be possible. So during our transition time, there was a court date to see if the case was going to continue toward adoption or head for reunification. We knew the court date, and we figured it would be something that we would hear the result of immediately, which was, of course, not the case at all. We bugged every social worker constantly, and they would tell us that no news is good news for our case. And about a week after the court date, they finally were notified. Uh, they finally were notified that Family Reunification Services or FR services had been terminated, which meant that the case was now definitely headed toward adoption. But they also had another court date scheduled to evaluate whether there would be a potential placement with kin, which is obviously the next option when reunification with the birth parents aren't isn't possible. You go to anybody else in the family and see if there are any other placements um, that would be safe and, and uh, productive for the child to go to. So also... During the transition period, there were still birth parent visits scheduled each week that we needed to plan all of our scheduled uh, meetings around. In our case, the visits rarely occurred, which, again, we will talk about the emotions of that in a future episode. But in this context, I bring this up just to give an idea of everything that's going on in the transition period that you need to navigate around. So with all of this going on, Needless to say, our whole goal of getting them moved in before the older boy had to go back to school fell on deaf ears. For our social worker team, they didn't care. It was much more important to have more visits with us and to have a resolution to the court date before talking about a move-in date. Initially, we had heard that transitions take about a month. But once we were in the transition period, they told us that two months was customary as a bare minimum. We were advocating for a month and they really, really wanted at least yeah. two months. So after our pestering and consistent presentation of reasons why we would needed to know a move in date, they finally got everyone together to decide that they would pick up that we would pick up the boys on february fourteenth, Valentine's Day. Whew. We had a move in day. In the next episode. We'll talk all about it. Thank you very much for listening. Please rate us on iTunes and like us on Facebook. And I really appreciate it. Thanks a lot.